From all of us here at Haven today, Merry Christmas. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and welcome to our Haven Today Christmas special, when Christmas comes again. As you're wrapping your presents, as you're preparing meals, as you sing the carols, as you're doing all the things we all have to do and want to do at Christmas, may you draw deeper into the love of Christ. May you be pointed to the second Christmas. May the reality of Christ's return give you confidence here and now that you can walk with your Lord. You can serve him with joy and celebration. I don't know about you, but that helps me celebrate Christmas even more. For a lot of us, Christmas has become just another cultural event. Many of us go to church, of course, but the focus overall is so commercial. The songs played on secular radio all over, they're just part of a cultural Christmas, and so much of it is all about getting and not giving. But Christmas should be all about giving, and I can't think of a more precious way to give than by opening our homes with hospitality, a time to serve others, even the way our Savior came to serve us, even as our Father gave His Son to us. Earlier this year, we spoke with another friend of mine who lives in North Carolina, Rosaria Butterfield. She's written a book on hospitality called The Gospel, comes with a house key. Rosaria, welcome to our Christmas time together here at Haven today. Thank you, Charles. It's just delightful for me to be with you all during this important season. Rosaria, Christmas is often focused on what presents will be waiting for us under the tree. It seems our culture, even among Christians, has it backwards. How can we be more hospitable this Christmas season? That's such a good question. It's so important because, you know, really, the holidays are times where most of the world is pretty depressed. And it's a time of sadness for many people and loneliness. And it often also is a time when people reflect on what they don't have. And I would say it's especially true for our older neighbors, maybe our neighbors that we know have gone through a life change and not a good one. In my neighborhood, I have a wonderful prayer partner. Her name is Donna, and we get together once a week or more than that, and we pray and we talk and we look out for the unloved. And so we do this in two ways. One is we organize a time of Christmas caroling where we especially go to the homes of older people And so we actually come to them and we bring them good tidings and good joy and we also try to find out what they need. Another thing that my family and I have been doing for at least the last 10 years is opening our home on the 25th. That is a lonely day for many people. Well, Rosaria Butterfield, thank you so much for joining me here at Christmas time. Thank you very much, Charles. Lord, blessings to you during this important season.
the English concert choir, Trevor Panic from Handel's Messiah, for Unto Us on Haven Today, and a Christmas special called When Christmas Comes Again. Unto Us a Child is Born. That's Isaiah 9-6 and how it opens. It's a classic Christmas text. Isaiah, writing hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, foresaw the birth of a child who would save his people from their sin. Unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. That is Christmas. But listen to the rest of the passage. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the goodness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What a promise, isn't it? It's why Christmas is such a special time, remembering the promises about Christ from long ago. But I don't think Isaiah was thinking about just the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. I think he was also thinking about the final climatic return of Jesus Christ. Notice first that he says in the Messiah's kingdom, peace will know no end. Well, we look around today. School shootings at a record high. Injustice all over the world. We know Jesus is reigning, though. In Matthew 28, 18, he told his disciples plainly, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to be. Right now, we don't see much peace. But Isaiah promises that peace will know no end under the reign of the coming Son of God. He was seeing the very end. He was seeing the return of Christ, not just his first coming. Isaiah says this promised son, this prince of peace, will establish his kingdom forever and ever. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, do you know what he said? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was talking about the kingdom of the new creation. That's what he came to establish. That's what it means to establish his kingdom in peace, righteousness, and justice. That's not what we see and live with right now. But we know Christ Jesus is coming back. And this classic Christmas promise in Isaiah 9 points us to the second and final Christmas, the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Shepherds brought tidings of the 
Haven of Rest Quartet from an album called Come Let Us Adore Him. And of course, the Christmas carol, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. In a Christmas special called When Christmas Comes Again, and I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. We just looked at a classic promise from the prophet Isaiah, a promise of Christmas, but a promise that looked beyond the first Christmas to his return. The prophets looked ahead to the birth of a savior. But you know what's interesting? The last book of the Bible, the Revelation, talks about the end of the world in the very same way. Here's the story John tells in Revelation 12 and 13. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. Now that packed a lot that I just shared. Revelation is one of those books that just invites us to speculate, right? What are the seven heads, those ten horns? Some of us love to get deep into the details, but let us not miss the forest for the trees. John is receiving a vision of the end of the world, and one of the ways he describes that story is what we just heard, the birth of a son snatched up to the throne in heaven. That's talking about Jesus and his triumph over death, and his ascension into heaven. The birth of Jesus was all about the ultimate coming of his salvation and power. It was all about his kingdom and the new creation. That's how John in Revelation sees the birth of Jesus. He understood it as the end of the age, this age. And why does that matter? Well, it reminds us again that our life isn't just about doing whatever we can in this life and then all is over. You only live once is what we hear too often. 
It's used to say, do whatever you want in this world because you only get one chance. Well, that's just not true. If you know Jesus, you belong to a kingdom that never ends. If you know Jesus, you'll never die. So instead of pursuing as much pleasure in the world as you can find, knowing Jesus helps us live this life with a focus on his glory. That's what Christmas is all about. It's all about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, not just the first time to save us from our bondage to sin, but it's about the coming again of our Lord Jesus the second time to save us from the presence of evil forever. He's coming back to start the world over, to start the world anew, to make all things new. And if we know him, that's the kingdom we belong to even now. That's what we can celebrate here and now in the midst of this Christmas season. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that moans in lonely exile here. Until the Son of God appears Rejoice, rejoice Emmanuel shall come to thee Christine Ockles, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Christmas time can be hard, can't it? There is so much pressure to perform, pressure to have everything go well, maybe the perfect gift for the kids, or maybe for a spouse, maybe some other loved one, or even a friend, to make the perfect meal. To have the perfect night with a family, a night without arguing or passive aggression. But maybe you've experienced this too. No matter how hard we try, things can still go wrong. Isn't that true? The ham or turkey can be overcooked. 
We could burn the pies. Our spouse might not like the present we picked out just for them, or maybe kids might be upset that they didn't receive the same kind of gift that a friend received. Well, I've experienced all of this as well. It can make the Christmas season so burdensome rather than a time of celebration. But that's why we're looking at the real meaning of Christmas on this Christmas special called When Christmas Comes Again. When we think that Christmas is all about us, we'll treat it as a burden. If Christmas is just an opportunity to make things right or a time to impress family and friends, we're missing the point. But even if we think Christmas is all about remembering the birth of Jesus, I think we miss the point. Christmas should remind you and me that our faith has historical roots. Jesus was really born in Bethlehem. He really did live and die. He really did rise from the dead, and he really is coming back again. And that's what Christmas should point us to. That's what Paul was getting at in Romans 8. As he was celebrating the significance of Jesus in our lives, he said no one can bring a charge against God's people, because who is it that can judge? Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. That is our hope. Jesus Christ, our Savior, he really is coming back again. And when he does, it'll be Christmas all over, celebrating our Lord, worshiping in his presence forever. I think we should listen one more time to Joy to the World.
a famous English composer and conductor still alive today, John Rutter, and Joy to the World, a song that is not a statement of what the Lord has done in the past. It's a song that expresses our hope in the coming of Christ in the future. It was written about the second coming, but we sing it at Christmas time. It is a reminder that Christmas is about more than presents. It is a reminder that Christmas is about the end of the world, the return of our Lord. When He comes back, He makes all things new. Then we will sing joy to the world. Our Savior reigns. He reigns now, yes. But when He comes again, there won't be sin left. We won't be suffering anymore. When he comes again, the whole earth will be full of peace and love and goodness. And that is our future to come. If you know Jesus Christ, you can be waiting for the second Christmas. When Christmas comes again, we'll be in God's presence forever and with him forever. And it's all because of the first Christmas. Jesus was born to die for us. He rose again and is coming back for us. That's what Christmas is all about. So this Christmas, instead of focusing on the ups and downs of the season, instead of getting caught up in the materialism of sales and deals and gifts, get caught up in worship. Get caught up with your Lord and look forward to his return. That's what Christmas is really all about. I hope your faith has been strengthened. Mine has these past few minutes. I hope you're challenged and encouraged this Christmas to trust more and even yet more in your Lord, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who's coming back to save you and me. I'm Charles Morris, and a special thanks to our guests today, as well as to our writing and production team who helped to make this program come alive. When you have time, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit us online at our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or we'd like to hear from you by calling us at 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836. And now, may you have a merry Merry Christmas, as we all eagerly anticipate when Christmas comes again. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When my wife and I had a baby boy years ago, it was in the safety and warmth of a hospital room. What a contrast with the birth of Jesus. Take that sentimentality out of that nativity scene and you have to admit it's a nightmare scenario for expecting parents. No help, no place to stay, few comforts. And yet this was the moment all of creation had been waiting for, waiting for the great announcement that today in the city of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And that you and born to you isn't just Mary, Joseph, or even the nation of Israel. The you is anyone who will believe in and follow Christ. Try out Anchor Devotional and Print Monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.